Good morning. Today is Thursday, October 29th, 2020. There's a narrative in this week's parish of Lech Lecha where there is a battle going on between four kings on the one side and five kings on the other side. These are the different small nations that are living in the area that we now call Israel. At that time it was called Canaan. Avram had nothing to do with this. He was not involved. He was not connected. He had no, he, he had no uh, uh, side. But what happened was, in the course of that battle, his nephew Lot was captured. So his nephew Lot was captured, so now all of a sudden, Avraham springs into action. Because even though he doesn't care about the four kings or the five kings, but it's his nephew. And we've talked about this a couple of times already. Avraham must have felt tremendous protection for his nephew. His, his Lot's father had died as a young man. Presumably, Avraham had taken him under his wing. When Avram and Sarah leave home, they take Lot with them. And so Avram springs into action. Avram gathers an army and he joins one of the sides and he defeats the other side. He defeats the other side and he emerges victorious and he is able to return Lot to his home, to freedom. Okay. Now, the kings who were his allies, I mean, they weren't really his allies because he didn't really care about them, but on whose side he was fighting, they wanted to reward him because he had helped them win their battle. Avraham refused to accept a reward. And Avram says, Harimosi yadi elokei Hashem. I'm sorry. Harimosi yadi el Hashem. I raise up my hand as an oath to God. Kel Elyon, the exalted God. Kone Shemayim Va'aretz, the one who creates and, and owns heaven and earth. In Michut Vatsruchnal, even a shoelace I will not take. I don't want anybody else to say that they helped make Avram wealthy. I want nothing. I'm taking nothing. Now, that may seem like a principled position, but the question is, in other situations, Avram did take from others. When he had the experience earlier, when he and Sarah and Lot had gone down to Mitzrayim and they were almost harmed in Mitzrayim. And at the end of that, Paro wants to ask forgiveness and Paro gives gifts to Avram and he accepts them. Avimelech, later on in Grar, a similar story. And Avram accepts gifts. So if Avram is willing to accept gifts from Avimelech and from Paro, 
why is he not willing to accept any payment for successfully being victorious and helping these other kings in their battle? So Rabbi Pesach Kron once told this story. The story goes like this. It was one Shabbos afternoon and there was a young boy. His name was Yitzchak. And he was in the street and he saw on the street Shabbos afternoon a valuable golden coin. It was worth a lot of money. And in those days, a gold coin, you could support your family for two weeks with such a gold coin. But it's Shabbos. And the boy is a religious Jewish boy. He's not allowed to pick up the coin on Shabbos. So what he does is very smart. He stands and puts his foot on top of the coin. And this way, nobody else will see the coin. It's permitted to stand. It's permitted to put your foot on top of a coin. And his plan was he'll stand there until Shabbos is over. When Shabbos is over, he'll know that the coin is there and he'll take the coin. It's a good plan. It is a halakhically acceptable plan. The only thing is a non-Jewish boy comes by. Non-Jewish boy comes by and he sees this Jew, this Jewish boy, who's standing in kind of a strange manner and it's pretty clear that his foot is covering something. So the non-Jewish boy says to him, what are you hiding under your foot? And of course, Yitzchak says, nothing. Well, at the moment you say that you're hiding nothing, but you're standing in a rather suspicious manner, in an unusual manner. So it was too late. So the non-Jewish boy pushed Yitzchak, knocked him over. He saw the coin on the ground and the non-Jewish boy took the coin, of course, the non-Jewish boy didn't have to worry about the laws of Muksa. So he took the coin and he ran away. And Yitzchak felt very bad. He thought he was going to be able to do this in a proper manner to wait for after Shabbos to take this and it would have meant a lot, this money. And he was sad. So it's Shabbos afternoon. Shabbos, <laughs> Shabbos is almost over. Yitzchak goes to the shul that he normally goes to. Usually on Shabbos, Yitzchak helps to set up the Shalshudas, the third Shabbos meal in the shul. But today he's depressed, he's upset, and he just sits in the corner looking sad. The rabbi of the shul sees him sitting there and he asks somebody, why is Yitzchak so sad? And they told him the story. After Shabbos was over, the rabbi asked Yitzchak to come into his office. Comes into the office and the rabbi is holding up a golden coin just like the one Yitzchak was trying to protect to be able to get after Shabbos. And the rabbi says to Yitzchak, I want you to know I'm very proud of you because you did not violate Shabbos by taking the coin and it was a great temptation because it's worth a lot of money and still you did not violate Shabbos by taking the coin on Shabbos and therefore I want to reward you. 
I want to give you this coin. It's worth the same thing. I don't want you to lose out as a result of the good deed that you did. Here's this coin. On one condition. The rabbi says to the boy, I will give you this coin on the condition that I want you to give me the reward for the mitzvah that you did. The boy looks at the rabbi. He can't believe what he's hearing. He says, Rabbi, you telling me that you want to trade a coin for the mitzvah? And the rabbi says, yeah, that's what I want to do. And the boy says, if that's the case, you keep the coin, I'll keep the mitzvah. And the Rebbe leaned over and kissed the head of the boy. Avram underwent a great personal sacrifice to engage in this battle. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for a mitzvah to save his nephew. It's a mitzvah, Pidyon Shvuyim, redeeming captives. It's the highest mitzvah that there is. And he did it at great danger to himself because Avram was outnumbered. And then he was successful. He had done a mitzvah of amazing value. And now somebody comes to him and says, we want to pay you for the mitzvah. Avram does not want to be paid for that mitzvah. Avram does not want anything that takes away from the value and the beauty of that mitzvah. Paro was compensating Avram for losses that he suffered. You want to you cause me losses? You want to compensate me for the losses? Fine. Avimelech wanted to compensate Avram for the losses that he suffered. You want to compensate me for losses that you caused? Fine. I'll accept that. But you want to pay me for a mitzvah that I did? No, that I won't accept. Because the value of doing a mitzvah is so much greater than any monetary reward that you could give me. I don't want to dilute the value of the mitzvah that I did with any kind of money that you would give me. Right here at the beginning of the Torah, Avram is teaching us a, a, a crucial lesson about the value of a mitzvah. To be able to do something that helps another person is so valuable. There is no monetary amount that you could put on it. To being able to fulfill a command that God has given us is so valuable. There is no monetary value that can be put on it. When we do mitzvahs, we have to recognize it's not just a good deed. It's not just something that God has told us to do. It is something that has a value that is greater than any material possession. And if we take that attitude towards the mitzvahs that come our way, if we value them beyond any material payback, we will be acting with the same enthusiasm and love of mitzvahs that Avraham teaches us in our Parsha. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. Look for lots of mitzvahs to do.
and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.